Hi, everyone. Welcome to Labor in Employment, a monthly podcast series on Asia employment law issues. This is a new podcast series produced by Simmons and Simmons. And as you may be able to guess from our not so subtle title, this series focuses on labor and employment issues in various key Asian jurisdictions. My name is Wendy, and I'm a member of the Hong Kong employment team. Hi, everyone. My name is Clarence and I am part of the Simmons and Simmons Singapore employment team. This is a monthly podcast that we will be producing throughout this year and beyond, perhaps. Wendy and I are the hosts of this podcast, and we plan to have other Simmons and Simmons colleagues joining us as guest speakers in future episodes. Our aim is really to provide short, bite-sized summaries of employment law issues and trends that we are seeing. This is so as to give you, the listener, a concise overview of the topical issues and challenges which employment lawyers are facing around the region. So in today's episode, we will be focusing on Hong Kong and Singapore, but we may cover mainland China in future episodes. And each episode of the series will last around 10 minutes. While we do have an initial program lined up, we would love to hear from you on what you would like us to cover. So if there are any specific issues that you want us to talk about, please feel free to drop us an email. Our contact details can be found in the link to this podcast and on, and on our website. As this is the inaugural Labouring and Employment episode, what better way to kickstart the series and the year than by looking at some key predictions and trends in both Hong Kong and Singapore? Now, Wendy, it seems like the COVID-19 situation in Hong Kong remains pretty worrying, at least in terms of the number of community cases that, that we are experiencing. Is this likely to have an impact on businesses going forward? Yes, definitely. Um, unfortunately, we had a spike last week with over 100 confirmed cases on last Monday and Thursday. So in response to this, the Hong Kong government has urged employers to allow employees to work from home as far as possible. So we do expect that remote working will continue for some time. A point that's relevant to uh, work from home arrangements that I want to briefly mention is that the Privacy Commissioner for Personal Data has recently published three guidance notes which relate to work from home arrangements. The overall theme of these guidance notes is that the same standard should apply to the security and protection of personal data, whether employees work from home or work in the office. So anyone who is interested in or wants to know more about data privacy concerns arising from work from home arrangements should check out these guidance notes. That's interesting because working from home arrangements also continue in Singapore. In fact, the advisory states that work from home remains the default mode of working. And this is even though Singapore has been, uh, and I hope you don't mind me making this point, relatively more successful than Hong Kong in keeping the number of new community cases low. I think the reason for this is prudence, since the Singapore government has traditionally been conservative in both its outlook and policies. There is also the fact that the vaccine whilst already in the market, is not yet widely available. In fact, I think there's so much to talk about this, uh, we could probably cover this off in a standalone episode. Perhaps the next one? Yes, I agree. Um, and I look forward to doing that one with you because it is such a hot topic right now. 
Another point that's related to COVID-19 is that last year, the Hong Kong government rolled out two tranches of wage subsidies to encourage and enable employers to retain their employees. The government has already indicated that it, there is unlikely to be an upcoming third tranche. So I think we are going to see more cost-cutting measures, restructurings and redundancies in Hong Kong. This is unfortunately the case in Singapore as well. The Jobs Support Scheme subsidies were announced right at the start of the, of the pandemic. Uh, these subsidies, which are essentially just cash payouts to employers to offset the salaries of local employees, are scheduled to run until June 21. There is no word so far on any extensions or further payments to be made. In fact, and on the contrary, so as to preempt the increasing number of people being made redundant, the Singapore government has updated the tripartite advisory on managing excess manpower and responsible retrenchment. I have to say this is a very long-winded title. <laughs> Indeed. And it's not just the title that's getting everyone tied up in knots. This advisory makes it clear that retrenchments should only be utilised as the last resort. Now, employers are strongly encouraged to consider a range of other cost-saving measures to manage this difficult period. Also, and quite ominously, employers must maintain what they call a strong Singaporean core of employees. Clarence, can you explain what that actually means? I think this means, in a rather unsubtle manner, that the Singapore government expects employers to preserve the jobs of local, i.e. Singaporean citizens and Singaporean permanent resident uh, employees as far as possible, and to take the necessary steps to insulate local employees from any retrenchments which are being carried out. This actually sounds a lot like positive discrimination to me. Look, I, I think you've hit the nail right on the head. Uh, and there's so much we can talk about regarding what this actually means and how this looks like practically from a company's hiring practices and more conceptually, whether this marks a movement towards a less open and more protectionist policy advocated by the Singapore government going forward. I suggest that we leave this for a future episode, particularly as we are still waiting for more data points to become available as to what, in fact, the Singapore government is doing about this. This sounds good. Um, and moving away from COVID-19 and on a more positive note, there will actually be a few family-friendly employment law changes in Hong Kong. So following the extension of statutory maternity leave from 10 to 14 weeks, which took effect just last month, the Hong Kong government will reimburse employers for the four extra weeks of maternity leave pay which they are required to pay because of this extension. The reimbursement scheme is, is expected to be implemented in the first half of this year and employers will be able to claim reimbursement for up to 80,000 Hong Kong dollars per employee. That's fantastic. Although it seems like 14 weeks still pales in comparison uh, when compared to some other jurisdictions. Now, what do employers need to do in order to apply and get this reimbursement? This is a very good question, Clarence, and actually 
not a lot of details have been published yet. But based on what we know, employers will have to submit an application to the Labor Department and provide some documents, including um, records of payment of the maternity leave pay, such as pay slips or bank transaction records, and also the relevant employees' wage records and proof of pregnancy. And to help streamline the application process, the government will put in place an electronic um, one-stop portal for employers to submit their applications. So hopefully the process will be straightforward. Another family-friendly development in Hong Kong is that from 19th of June this year, the sex discrimination ordinance will be amended so that breastfeeding will be covered as an additional protected characteristic. I, I'm sorry, did, did you just say? Yeah, yes, once the change comes into effect, it will be unlawful to discriminate a woman who is breastfeeding a child or who is expressing breast milk or who feeds a child with her breast milk. And in anticipation of this change, employers should consider implementing a breastfeeding policy and um, introducing facilities or alternative arrangements to allow female employees to breastfeed, such as providing a dedicated room or a multi-purpose room which can be used for breastfeeding and allowing lactation breaks during working hours or more flexible work arrangements. I, I, I must say this all sounds very novel to me, um, mainly because we unfortunately don't have anything similar in Singapore at the moment. So I certainly applaud the Hong Kong government for taking this step to enshrine such a protection for working mothers uh, in your ordinance. But I'm sure that there must have been some positive legal developments in Singapore as well. Yes, actually, and I'm glad that you asked me this question. Let me briefly touch on two issues. The first one uh, re relates to the publication of the tripartite advisory on mental well-being at workplaces. This is yet another very long-winded title. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, but I think it is good to see the Singapore government finally recognizing that mental disorder is a real medical condition with real consequences and that a good working environment is a basic necessity that all employees should be given access to. The catch here, however, is that this advisory only provides non-binding recommendations, albeit at an individual, team and organisation level. These recommendations are quite fluffy and there is currently no way to enforce them. This is definitely not ideal. But as you say, at least there is now a formal recognition that mental wellness is an issue and it's also now on the agenda. Absolutely. And the second thing I want to say is that the data privacy regime in Singapore is also going to be updated. The amendments to the PDPA have already been passed and are due to be enacted imminently. There is also much to say about this topic and I think we can uh, cover this off in a separate episode. We have also um, uh, prepared uh, an article on this um, and those links to these resources can be found on the podcast landing page. You can also access this and other articles on our website.
That's really all the time that we have for this episode. Thank you for taking time to listen to us chat about these issues. Yes, thank you very much. And as I mentioned, we aim to keep this going on a monthly basis. So please look out for the next episode where we will talk about the vaccine rollout across the region. Until then, please stay safe and keep well. And in the meantime, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to either of us. Our contact details can also be found on the podcast landing page and on our website. <laughs>